You are listening to the CBA Podcast, where we talk everything basketball, from youth club to high school to AAU. The CBA Podcast is brought to you by Chapman Basketball Academy. Your hosts for the show are Terry Massey, Max Johansson, and Joe Chapman. Today's show, we'll talk a little bit about mental health and the struggles with it. If you or a loved one are dealing with anxiety, depression, or suicidal thoughts, know that there is help out there and you are not alone. doing holidays are over new year's about to begin yeah here we go yeah it never stops uh yeah holidays was great went by quick uh, we had a lot of camps and you know clinics and stuff like that so it kind of went by pretty fast um you know even today you know we're here on new year's eve you know doing a podcast and we we got a clinic right after this so <laughs> it's gonna be interesting to you know see all the kids excited you know, um, it's a two-day clinic, so we'll see how they feel tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Every kid, at least in the north, there's probably been about 150 kids total. Yeah, that spent their winter break with us in the gym. A lot of familiar faces, a lot of new faces, so it's cool to see. Yeah. Tur- tournament season starts. I think our first one for my girls is Sunday. Now it's like tournament, tournament, tournament. Here we go. I'm just glad all the Christmas stuff comes down in the house and. Yeah, yeah, we still got a, we got a rule. We we wait till like you know New Year's Day to start to you know bring all that stuff down. All those toys that they open up, half of them they still don't play with now. It's like they go to their favorite two toys, <laughs> Nintendo Switch or something like that, and they just you know gravitate towards that. <laughs> my 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 wife buys everything for the holiday. She's already got towels for uh, Valentine's Day, you know, <laughs> hearts on them. <laughs> Ready for the new one. Yeah. What's, what's next holiday? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just glad that can move forward now. <laughs> right. Right. All right. Uh, we do have a guest here today that we're going to be getting to, uh, but we're going to start out with some uh, games of the week. Um, upcoming games of the week. Um, again, a lot, a lot of usual suspects here, but Marquette plays Tosa West on Friday at 7 p.m. Um, that'll be another good game, probably two of the preseason favorites to win that conference. Um, so that'll be another good battle. Marquette's had a gauntlet the last couple of weeks. Uh, they played Pewaukee, they played De Pierre, and now they're going right into Tosa West. Um, and then we will be at Ashwaubenon and Sheboygan South. At Sheboygan South on Friday at 7 p.m. to watch uh, Drew and AJ. Um, 
come down closer to our neck of the woods so we can yeah. get a chance to see them play. They've had a really good start to the year, too. Uh, on the girls' side, uh, features a lot of CBA uh, players. We got Homestead versus Whitefish Bay at Whitefish Bay on Friday. And then a rivalry game out west, Sun Prairie West. Um, Mackenzie Hawk, who is new to the CBA girls program, is an awesome player. They play Sun Prairie East on Friday at 7 p.m. So a bunch of good games, followed by uh, last week a bunch of cool holiday tournaments that we were able to take in and watch some of our guys play as well. Yeah, I think that's the cool part. We we were able to see so many games at Concordia. They did a great job of hosting. Um, it was a great field there. It was, you know, a lot of people there, a lot of good games. We were able to see a ton of our players. Uh, the environment's great. Um, so it was just fun to be there to support our players, um, watching some of the coaches, you know, uh, in-game adjustments and things like that. Um, so it was just fun to, you know, be around that and experience um, that was my first time, you know, taking all of that in. Um, you know, we were there one day, you know, for two hours. The next day we were there for eight hours just watching games. And it goes fast. If, if you're a basketball fan, each game is exciting. Um, each game brings a new, you know, staple to, you know, what you're trying to um, accomplish, the players, the coaches. Um, so it's kind of fun to see that. And um, one of the cool parts to me is watching all of our players um, in our program, succeed. I can't tell you how many pe- people and um, coaches text me and say, you know, your players are having great years this year. All of our CBA players are 2024 20, kids. They're having phenomenal years. And it's showing in the games on the guys and the girls' side that, you know, what we do over the summer has been translating over to how they're playing. Um, another cool thing is to watch some of these kids shoot on the college line. So I, th- I think we talked about it, you know, last time is that, that line, you know, messes with you. And a lot of those kids was taking bombs. I saw what, <laughs> I saw what Michael put up or whatever. Or yeah. So it didn't yeah. hurt him. Didn't hurt him. Right. So, well, yeah, Michael just called fire that game. I mean, that dude, he went nine for 11 from three, had 48 points. Um, so he was just, you know, on fire that game. Which was cool to see. But a lot of other people, they shoot from that college line, and it, it ain't good because <laughs> no. it bothers you because you're spaced out that far, and you look at the line, you know, and you're like, uh. I'm, There's a reason I'm, you're open from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shoot yeah. it. Go ahead. Yeah, it was so <laughs> many shots that I was like, yeah, I don't think that's a good shot. And the kid immediately looks down like, um, yeah, I'm on the wrong line. <laughs> so it's kind of um, fun to see those adjustments that the coaches and players have to you know, um, go through when they play on the college floor. Um, you kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, all of your CBA players, right? I think one thing that I've noticed what you have done in the North Shore has made it so competitive. You can't look anywhere in the North Shore on the girl side or the boy side without seeing one or two CBA players, right? I mean, the boys, Homestead, girls, Homestead. You know, girls, Cedarburg, Hartford, everywhere, right? Um, and the competition is so so great, you know, and what you're what you're doing, you know. Yeah, and I think that's been a cool part for me as a director, as a trainer first, as a director, as a coach, just to see how far we've came with these kids. Um, you know, this has been a seven, eight year run with a lot of these kids, and now they're a lot of these kids are sophomore, junior, seniors who we, who started the program. So it's pretty cool to see 
you know, last year Homestead, I think they won the conference, you know, um, two years in a row, Homestead boys and girls. Um, and that was the first time both programs have won, I think, in the last 20 years. So you go up and down those rosters, a lot of those kids have started with us in our program, played for us. And, you know, I think that's just something that you look at it with pride, um, but also understand that what we're doing is, you know, is helping a lot of people. And I think that's what we, you know, we look for, we want. Uh, but it's just exciting to see. It's a battle every game. I mean, even the kids that's not in the North Shore, we we see all of these kids, and we just see the leadership, um, the skill, the competitive drive, um, to the togetherness that they try to do for their teams. We kind of see it, and we look at it, and it's like, wow, we, we put an imprint on their lives. And that's, as a coach, that's all you want, is to leave an imprint and and help them through, you know, the journey. You, meant, <clears throat> you mentioned Homestead, and our guest has been so kindly to come on in here. Um, he is a 6'5 senior at Homestead here in Mequon. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Joe's kind of giving you a nickname on uh, North Shores. Uh, Larry Bird. <laughs> Larry Bird. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, t- one of the top shooters in the state, ranked in the state, committed. Uh, senior Tim Franks, welcome. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I think I'll let, let Joel kind of introduce you because if if there was a poster child for CBA, <laughs> you're you're probably it. You know. Yeah, for sure. I, I think Tim started with us in fifth grade, fourth or fifth grade, um, and he's come a long way. And he knows that we know that that you know he he was one of our first clients, one of the first people to believe in what we're doing. Um, he didn't jump, you know, program to program. Um, he saw us through, which. For us, it goes a long way because that kid, um, we knew he was different. He already had a different mindset, different mentality, work ethic. Um, I remember in, I think it's his ninth grade year, McNabb, we talked about it on our last podcast. He went to go play for Phenom. And, you know, I pulled Tim to the side. I think we were in the back hallway at Homestead. And I said, you know, uh, it's going to start to look different now, you know, you don't have to be the same as other people. Everyone's path is start. It's going to start to look different. It's okay to, you know, take that next leap, you know, and, and get out of your comfort zone. Because at that point, I think we went through that first year um, without Mike, and everyone was just, you know, well, the ball moved better. Number one, um, <laughs> number two, every, everyone was, um, you know, didn't know who was going to be that next guy. And I think that was the, you know, the cool part for me as a coach is making sure the ball is the star player. But at the same time, you want that ball movement to get to the right person <laughs> at the right time, too. And, and they take the shots. Um, so it was cool to have that transitional period for that team to say, all right, who's going to be those next couple guys to step up? Um, Tim led us in scoring that summer at about nine ten points a game <laughs> but we had about six players average about 10 points a game yes. so it, it was pretty cool and, and Tim was the leader of that pack of guys that average about 10 points a game so you know we met and we we're like you know it's okay to you know take that next step now and sometimes that's the hardest thing is to be leaders of your peers um with your voice and your work ethic and that's something that you know Tim has thrived in for the last few years and it's shown this year we see your success right now, but let's let's start from the beginning. What does a a young fourth fifth grade Tim Franks look like starting basketball, and 
how you got involved and the uh, beginning. Yeah, so I'd say I probably didn't start taking it serious until about sixth grade. Uh, young fourth, fifth grade Tim was probably uh, lanky and awkward, slow, um, wasn't super great at, definitely couldn't shoot, uh, really got a lot of my points in the post, uh, just was told to go get the rebound and guard the post players. <laughs> that was about yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, he shot 50% from the free throw line. Um, which is, you know, for him, he knows, like, man, I, he started at, like, 50% from the free throw line. Bad. Yeah, yeah. So it, it was, it's cool to see the transitional every year, just to see. Uh, Tim, play, you play football? I played three sports. Played I played baseball, sports. football, basketball. So it was – I kind of didn't know what I wanted to do. And basketball probably wasn't – no one probably thought basketball was going to be the thing that panned out for me. I definitely wasn't. What did you play at football? What position? I was the quarterback. Oh, okay. So it was that for two years. And then I ended up getting hurt my sixth grade year. And I came here instead <laughs> of going to practice. And I was like, oh, this is a lot better. I like this a lot more. And then that kind of just took off. <laughs> and but I, as a quarterback, you got to be a leader, right? Yeah, like, it, yeah, it was definitely. And we keep talking about that on every podcast. There's been kids that comes on here and say, you know, they're multi-sport and an injury or two <laughs> lets them decide which path they go down. Again, that happened to me, um, you know, in eighth grade, you know, injury happened in football. I was like, ah, that's it. Um, so it's kind of cool to see that we have all these multi-sport players that come on and then they, they kind of decide their own path and which passion they like. Um, that's, that's the cool part about you know, being multi-sport. Was Tim your first boys boys age group then at CBA? Yes. Uh, Tim group came over from Wisconsin Shooters. Um, they started the program um, for us. That was a sixth grade, um, yep, sixth grade year for him. Um, a lot of those parents, it was not a AAU program in the North Shore. Um, so a lot of the kids that I was training at that point, um, they were asking for something in the North Shore. Um, and I remember his dad, Mr. Franks, Mike Franks, shout out to him. He um, is like, Joe, I mean, and Eric Hennestocker, those guys were just pushing me to do, you know, a uh, AU program this way. So I was like, okay, well, long as it's with the kids that I know and not trying to bring kids from everywhere, I'm okay with that. Um, and that's how it started. So <clears throat> you're averaging, I think, something like 27 points a game or ever right now. It's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> um, you said you started out having to just – block and post players and stuff talk a little bit about shooting right what what mechanics how did you get into like to become the shooter you are it's a lot of work I I think uh it was definitely just I mean reps obviously but I think my freshman year it was the transition from eighth grade to freshman year was COVID so everything got shut down and that was really a point where I think I just decided like okay this is what I want to do and if I want to be good at it I have to work hard at it and I and they just became consistently like 500 makes every day or more and then so it was just every day in COVID get up do your schoolwork online and then go play basketball go get shots up go find a way to get better go run we used to do two-mile runs those Chapman challenges <laughs> yeah I did like <laughs> yeah we did that a lot we did the Chapman miles um, and I'd say that on the last podcast, it was two people who, you know, took it a year after COVID and kept doing it and sending me their miles run. It was Tim Franks and Sarah Helms. <laughs> the, the challenge been over. And those, those two were still sending me videos. <laughs> like, I did my mile a day. I was like, oh, okay, I got something special here with these two. Um, 
but I will say that COVID year is when your shot, you know, you really start diving in into a shot. We used to do our Zoom workouts, and he'd be a kid on a Zoom workout. We do, um, everyone was doing these Zoom workouts when we were doing COVID. You know, we wanted an outlet for any kid. It wasn't just about CBA. Any kid that was, you know, in a house, we, we made it free. Anybody can join a Zoom. Uh, it was good for me um, to have these workouts because it kept my mind going. You just got to beat up um, on us for oh, an hour yeah. and a half, too. Hour and a half just beating up on them, coming up with workouts, just like diving in um, into how to kill these kids over Zoom. I mean, I'm calling kids out on Zoom. Like, I see you, uh, <laughs> even though I'm like, all right, I'm scrolling through 200 people. Oh, I see you not doing it. <laughs> you know, I'm calling them out. But you look on Tim's page, and he's just going – balls to the wall <laughs> for an hour and a half two i'm like what is this dude doing it's like no drink he's he's cursing at mike like ah, i'm missing shots mike's trying to rebound for him he's it's just so funny to see like the drive you know of some of these players and it started during that covid you know is we, we couldn't be anywhere we we were stuck you know and some players unfortunately took the other way that they didn't get better but the players who actually wanted to get better, and we made an opportunity for them um, through what we were doing. Well, COVID was a bunch – it's isolation, right? And isolation mentally is really not all that good, you know. So you gave an right. outlet for kids, you know, not to feel so isolated during the time. And it was a pretty scary time, you know. No one knew what was going on. Right. You drive downtown, it's <laughs> like a ghost town, you know. Right. Uh, and it, it's just, it was just a weird, weird, weird time. Yeah, and and – for a lot of us, it, it wasn't just about those kids who were going through it. It was adults, too. I mean, we all struggle with something. And when when that time stopped like that, you got time to reflect on where you are as a person, um, where you're trying to get to. Um, we, we didn't know that we were going to get back to where we are today. It was just a scary time. And when you go through something like that, your mind shifts. You know, it's like, okay, um, how can I get other people better? That's always been my mindset. How, how can I can get other people better? Um, and for me, that helped my mental because when time stops, I think about my past and how I was raised, how my parents not here anymore, what, what I go through on a daily, weekly basis of like thinking about, and are they proud of me? Did I do right by them? And when that time stops, you got time to think about all that. And sometimes that's not good. <laughs> you know. So my mind was like, I got to keep, getting these kids better i got to keep working on my craft as a coach as a player um how do i you know keep evolving and i think that's what a lot of kids went through during that time period uh, about themselves is where is this going to go um and and how can i get through this yeah so tim talk a little bit about that right so here you are a basketball player basketball is keeping you motivated and all of a sudden boom you're hit you can't hang out with your friends you're kind of by yourself how did basketball keep you motivated? What did you know that what the workouts Joe did with you and Yeah, I think it just it gave you kind of a reason to get up and be productive. I think which was really important because I think like Joe said there was a lot of kids that took it as a time to just hang out and sit on the couch all day. Mm-hmm. Um but it was an opportunity to just realize, well, hey, if this is what you want to do and you want to be good at it, then this is your opportunity. And I think that was a conversation I ended up having with my dad at one point when he used to help me and, like, draw up these workouts for shots to get up. And it was kind of like a realization moment of, well, if this, this is what it takes to be good, you decide right now whether you want how good you really want to be. You get to decide that. So I think 
just giving me a reason to get up in the morning and be productive, be a person who can, who is driven. And I think that year was, while it was hard, it was probably one of the most important years in my life recently. Yeah, I think the hard part with COVID was like structure, routine, yeah. waking up every day, I'm going to school nine to three, I got to lift and then practice. And I think like JJ Reddick talks about it a lot on his podcast, like having a shooting routine, like you have your shooting routine, you get in the gym, your shots up. And with that gone, I think that's super tough for a, a sh- uh, any kid in general, but specifically like a creature of habit, like Tim is with a shot, with your routine and preparation. I think that's super hard. Yeah. And I think one of the things that we did during COVID as a family was come up with a plan every day. Uh, just have a list that you're going to do. And, and I think that helped me a lot. Like, here's my weekly list that I need to get accomplished, you know, for this week. This is who I'm reaching out to. The players I think needs a little bit more. Here's the workouts I want to come up with. You know, here's the plays. You know, so a daily planner about what you want to accomplish because the day will go by fast if, if you didn't do it. Um, but I also think, Tim, during COVID was a time when you came obsessed with shooting where – you dove into being a shooter because I think he was um, he was a post player at first because he was the tallest kid. So, you know what they do. They would stick you in a post and say, this is what you need to do. Um, but I think during that COVID year is when you, you became obsessed with shooting. So talk about the transformation you did to your shot from, you know, it was lower, then it's higher, then it was too high, then it was to the left, how you kept, you know, transitioning your shot, and how when you're obsessed with something, that messes with your mental, because you put so much work into um, being as perfect as you can at it, and when it doesn't go your way, how that affects you. Yeah, so I think I got to give a lot of credit to Joe, obviously, and Ryan Borowitz, he's from mm-hmm. Green Bay. He owns the driveway up there. He's a guy who really helped craft my shot. Um, but like Joe said, it was too low, it was too high, it was too left, it was too right, <laughs> too much arc, too flat. So it was, we kind of did the whole circle. But it just, I think it was, it became an obsession when I realized how good I could be at it simply by working on it. Like, there's no secret. Everyone always says there's no secret. Reps, repetition is always going to be the way you're going to get better at something. So I think after figuring out my a form that worked for me and then realizing, oh, wow, like I'm actually getting better. This is actually something I can use, and this will help me get to the next level. I think Joe and I have always talked about that. We've always had the next level as a plan. And so he always said, like, oh, well, this is going to create this many more opportunities for you. So I think that was always super motivating as someone who wanted to play college basketball ever since. Like, who wanted to play college sports, who wanted to be involved in sports as long as they could. And I think once I realized that this was actually working and this was something that was good for me and I was getting better, I think that just kind of made it click and really allowed me to want to continue to work at it. And then I think, the, obviously, when you become obsessed with something – it's a blessing and a curse. And yep, I, yep. Think, <laughs> I think yep. then like when you have those bad shooting days, yep. I think then that affects the rest of your day, which mm-hmm. is something that I've definitely had to work on. I think when 
you want when you're doing something all the time and that's what you're putting your time into you forget about everything else you forget about friends you forget about the way you, that you act like if you get upset because you had a bad shooting day <laughs> and then your mom asked how your day was and you're kind of annoyed with her like it's not her fault but right. it happens right <laughs> i think that's something that i've definitely had to work on and make improvements in <laughs> yeah for sure for sure but that's part of being obsessed with something that's a part of being the one percent that we talk about is when you're driven to that point it's nothing that no one else can do or say because your mind is so determined on becoming something that no one else has become uh, in this area Uh, no one has shot the way he has no one has scored the way he has um, in in Mequon you know, so to be something different requires a different type of mindset. And, you know, that's a reflection of who you are as a person, as a player. I've been through that before. Um, if there is one person, he's more athletic than me now, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, but you guys there, go one-on-one at all? <laughs> oh, yeah, he never, he won't never beat me. Beat he, it, was... it, it won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> He said, "I have a chance in college." Yeah, you have a chance. Yeah, once he gets foot on college, you know, a year or two after that, and we'll play again. <laughs> uh, but if, if there's one player who's embodies, um, like we said, CBA and me as a player and a person, um, Tim Tim is closer to any body I've coached um, with the same skill set that I've had when I played, um, and now he's a three level scorer. Uh, I, I remember my transition into being a shooter. It was with Bill Self was at Illinois, and I'm probably top three, four in my class at this point. I'm a junior, and he comes up to me. We're playing at Moody Bible in Illinois, and I'm just dominating everyone. But I'm stuck in the post still. You know, I'm my coach didn't allow me at that point to shoot threes. So my junior year only shot three threes um, the whole year. Um, three for three though. It's three for three. Uh, but <laughs> Bill Self was like, you know. He came up, talked to me. It's like, we, we don't recruit undersized um, post players. So I was like, what do you mean? I can score anyway. It's like, no, you, you know, we, you're not our type of player. And that just lit a fire in me because that was a trigger in my mind that he thought I couldn't do something. So that following year, you know, I set the school record in threes made. I worked my tail off all summer. My AAU coach put me in the, you know, shooting guard position. And I just went off, you know, and, you know, I shot like 50% from the three, made like 80, 93s on the season. <laughs> and that was a big, you know, F you to build self. Um, like, okay, well, I just showed you I can do that. But as players, we need that type of motivation to keep us going. We need those uh, people to, you know, throw a little salt on you to, to keep you improving. So I think that's something that's helped him throughout his career. He keeps that chip on his shoulder. He keeps that internal drive, and for a lot of us, that internal drive helps us more than the pat on the back. Um, and I think that's what Tim is. He's always been that way. His sophomore year, he was player of the year in the conference. Um, junior year, uh, everyone boxing won him. <laughs> Every team boxing won him. And that's an adjustment period there. Now you're being boxing one. What do you do? Your team is successful. Um, how do you overcome being boxing one? And still be, you know, the player you want to be. Um, I think your junior year, you your shot went left to right. Yeah, shot was, <laughs> mechanics were off. Mechanics was off. Um, so, you know, when when you have a year like that, but your team still wins, 
It's more so, all right, individually, how can I get back to where I was and become better for my senior year? Um, we, we, we worked a lot on that shot in the summer, spring, summer of that junior year again, uh, fixing that and fixing your mentality. Um, so I think it was good to go through those things as players to have those bounce backs. So there's no doubt about it. Your top player in southeastern Wisconsin, one of the top players in the state. Um, talk a little bit about the pressures that you have to to maintain what you're doing, um, the pressures you feel, how you deal with that. and you know. I think obviously you know you want to be successful and then when you when you taste success some people get satisfied with it and some people just want more and I always just wanted more like you said conference player of the year my sophomore year it it really didn't it didn't feel like I had done something great it felt like oh you just need to keep working at this you need to keep getting better at this uh because of how high I set my expectations for myself I think that goes back to the obsession and the perfection part of it it's like if you're not making this many shots, if you're not doing this. Like that's why I can't I can't put the make counter on the gun anymore or else I get pay too much attention to the percentage. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to be over 80% or else yeah. I get upset with myself and I start over. <laughs> yeah, this dude, that's so funny to me. He'd be on the other end by himself in a gym. Just set up the gun and me and Trav being there working out with some kids. And we look over at Tim. He's like at 78 from bomb. He's shooting bombs, too. It's not like toes on the line. And, you know, he's down there like, ah, his head's shaking. He's like, he's I, I just pissed that. off. I saw that in the Wisconsin Lutheran game. So I think you were on the outside. You missed one three. They tapped it back to you. You missed another one. They tap, tapped it back to you. Then you sank it. And that was kind of that mentality, right? Yeah. I got to get yeah. it. I got to get yeah. it. Yeah. It's so funny. It, but that we talk about that's the obsession that it takes to, you know, be that player. You know, he just scored 48 points a um, couple days ago. And I was there. He did the same thing. It, he missed one, missed another. They kept kicking it back to him. It was like that was personal rebounds. Yeah, like he that's, was, that's what I was like in that Wisconsin <laughs> Luther game that I watched. And it, it was no, like, hesitation. Usually when players don't work at their craft a lot, there's a hesitation. Like, if I don't make that first one, I'm going to swing this next one. <laughs> you know, But if you trust what you've been doing, it all plays out, you know, the same way. Well, it's going up. Yeah, it's, it's got to go well. That, that's been a process for you, though. It oh, is. Because I think in the summer, like, I remember one game in particular uh, against, was it Mac Irving? No, Team Rose. Team Rose. Yep. Yeah, I, remember yep. I think yep. you started, like, 0 for 6. Yep. I, I think I said, we said something, something to you at halftime. Like, what do you need or what was that? Like, how did you get over that hump? Like, I'm trusting my work. I'm trusting myself. Was it is internal? Do you need, like, did you need a coach to, like, push you over it? Uh, a teammate? What was it to get you over that hump where you just trusted it? I think it goes back to a lot of the pressure stuff. Like you don't want to let your teammates down. I think especially with that group in the summer, it was like it's a bunch of really tight-knit guys that were together for two to three, mm-hmm. four years yep. that you just you, you created a special bond with, and you didn't want to let them down, especially in a situation like that, a live period. I think hearing – I think talking to you – obviously Joe's always yelling at me to keep shooting, but – yeah. He, he says it so much. It's like take it with a grain of salt. At one point, I, I, I think, I think, I think hearing you say it was like just trust yourself. We trust you. We we live and die with your with your um, with your work. I think that was a good feeling to have, knowing that like hey, these guys got my back. Like 
if this doesn't go well, like these guys are still going to have my back. If yep. if this, I game... mean, we ran the play ten straight times. Yeah. Yeah. You better shoot that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the hard part for me. Is like sometimes as a, a shooter, you are the mismatch out there. So we play these teams that are six ten, six nine. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a fun game. Keep shooting because they can't get out there. So we we run particular sets that you know from the naked eye, teams are going to think we're going to get smoked because you know we're. We got Tim at six five. He's our biggest guy. I'm, I'm going to six nine. Kid. Yeah, yeah. And we always tell Tim to do the jump ball, you know, because most times people don't know who he is. We're going to lose. No, he ain't getting a jump I'm ball. I'm not getting a jump ball. <laughs> so, so we want him to get the jump ball so the center guards him. And it's just a nightmare for those centers to come off triple screens and down screens. Minnesota <laughs> Comets. Yeah, yeah. They just sitting there like, man, what are we going to do with this guy? So it's so fun to see the transition period that if you miss a couple shots, it's okay because that same shot's going to be there, you know, two minutes from now because they're not going to adjust those bigs and, you know, players who are slow-footed. They're going to stay, you know, where they are. So it's more so of a mindset of trusting what you're going to do and, and what you can do and, and believing, not letting your teammates down, not letting the coaches down, and, and you know – that shot's going to always be there. So that was a huge period for you because there was times two years ago in Kansas City when we played a really good team. I uh, can't think of the, uh, the Barnstormers. And Tim Tim was like one for 11 from the three, wide open. Uh, He's shaking his yeah. head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And the kids didn't know him. Man. They didn't know Tim. Tim was having an amazing turn. Him and Mike, well, Mike wasn't any better. He was like two for Fifteen himself. Mike's getting them up. Mike's getting them up. Mike's always been like that. Yeah, yeah. Ever since like third grade, Mike's, yeah, yeah, Mike's, Mike's getting get up. up. They're going in most of the time. Yeah. Mike's getting them up. So they wasn't as efficient as they wanted to be, and it's a live period. Coaches are there, and we end up losing by like two or three. And you know, a couple of our best players didn't play well, um, and Tim was wide open majority of the game. And for a shooter, that's tricky because when you too open, you're like, why am I this open? <laughs> you know, that messes with you too. Uh, mentally so you know during that time period that's when it was all over your face every time you made or miss a shot you can feel it the intensity rising with him Um, and I think that was a huge step for you to overcome those things because that was a time period where it was hard to you're you're fixing your shot you put so much work into it and it was time to get paid off during the live period and it didn't happen at that point that it you wanted it to happen. Yeah. So, you know, talk about that transition of um, your own timing of when, when things happen, the recruiting process, how that took um, toll on you or ha- helped you do certain things. Uh, talk about a little bit of that process. I mean, I think we, we what Joe always said was uh, I've always been a worker, and I always used to – I'd come to these workouts with Joe. I'd stay for like two, three hours in the summer. I was going to be here. Joe, I think Joe just stopped making me pay at one point. He was like, just, yeah, just stop. Yeah, it, it was, you're, you're it was here, getting bad. You're here too much. Just stop. <laughs> Your parents are going to get mad. And, uh, but, I mean, he didn't want me out. He, he yeah. wasn't going to kick me out. And I think so just continually being there. But then I switched to my homestead season, and I wouldn't use any of it. Mm-hmm. I, I, would, I'd be, I just wouldn't want to fail. I was afraid of failure. And I think that, that was – That's actually – that, that's a thing. I see that a oh, lot yeah. where kids are, are so dominant in the AAU and then they get to their school and it's like, yep, they're just different. Yep. Yep. And so that was always what exactly like exactly what Joe would say. He'd be like, well, why we just worked on this all for three months. Why aren't you using it? <laughs> we, we just worked on your shot for uh, for four, four months, 12 straight weeks. And you didn't <laughs> and you passed up that open three. 
it's it was a lot of trying to figure out like okay well i'm i'm the guy who can shoot these now because i work right. 10 times harder than half these kids out here like this is this is what i need to start doing i need to start taking that step and it took me a while yep yep and, and that's a hard step i mean the the hard step is being an alpha in a society that doesn't want a lot of those because it takes you away from your friends it takes you away from um, what society wants you to be because that one percent of people is lonely up there it's not for everybody and you got to be okay you know being alone um, being special um, and that's different um, and I think that's important for you know a lot of kids to kind of understand it's okay to stand out be yourself but when it's time for you to join your friends and family you do that but they got to understand this is my cloth. This is who I am. I'm 39, almost 40. I don't have a lot of friends because I'm in a gym all the time. You know, my family, I've been gone since 17, since Chicago. They don't see me all the time. And because this is who I am. I grind, I work. This is my passion. I still play. I still do yoga. I still get to watch the kids play, watch my own kids play. I just love this. And if I didn't know, this is if I didn't know what I was doing in life, it would be hard for me. This is just who I am. I'm wired this way, you know. And I think a lot of people are who's successful. They're wired to to be, you know, different. And I think that's okay. If you know what you love early, that's okay to be different. Being the one percent, Tim, um, you're you're definitely the leader on your your high school team, you know. Um, I watched that Wisconsin Lutheran team taking the challenge of going against one of the best players in the state in Con and stuff, and you took that challenge. You played extremely well. How do you balance being the best, you know, one of the best, and yet, yet being a team player and being a leader on your team and being able to manage all of that? I think it's important to build a relationship with a lot of guys on your team. I think that's always something that you got to find the common ground between people. Like maybe – Maybe we're not the same. Maybe we're not going to be doing the same things at nine o'clock at night, right? You're going to be, you're going to be on your phone. I'm going to probably be in the gym. We're mm-hmm. not going to be doing the same thing. That's yeah. okay. You got to find the common ground in, like, well, what, what are, what are something that we both like? What's something that we can both talk about? And how can we use that to then build trust? Like I remember, we went, uh, Justin Bleasner, who also mm-hmm. plays here, yep. uh, Trevor Polite, and me went on a fishing trip in Lake in Lake Michigan. Uh, for a little bit and it was just a great experience to like just build trust with Justin like and build trust with Trevor it's like it was terrible it was so rocky like everybody <laughs> threw up but <laughs> it was bad but it, it was like it's a good it's a funny story we can look back on it we can laugh and it's just areas like things like that little things like that that can build trust you know going out to eat after a game with everybody just I think that being a finding ways to separate being um, a leader and being like okay like barking at people you need to go do this you need to go do this this is your matchup and finding a way to then split it up and just being like okay like just be a normal person just be a kid just talk and laugh and joke and pick fun at each other like i think just finding that happy medium at some point there's times to be there's times to be uh, a jerk and there's times to direct traffic but then finding that other time to be just a kid is important and if you got to put in the work on the other side like you said with the relationships in order to be a little bit of a jerk or Mm -hmm. set that tone that way 
Because if you don't do the relationship work, those people, depending on who it is, they'll react differently to it, and it will separate rather than bring people together. That's another big part of it. You have to figure out who reacts, how yep. people react in different yep. ways. Like, yep. Joe's not going to, I mean, Joe doesn't yell that much, but Joe's not yep. going to go yell at a kid if he knows he doesn't respond to it. Correct, correct. And, and, and I think that's the hard part of, of being a leader, of being a coach, is meeting people in the middle. Because everyone goes through something, and everyone needs to be challenged differently. The team needs to be challenged. you got days that you just challenge the whole team. Mm-hmm. There's days that you just challenge individuals. Those days are you just challenge your leaders. Um, but you got to find that fine balance um, to do it. Um, because if you're always a yeller, uh, at some point they're gonna, you know, they're not gonna hear your voice, you know. But when it's time to be one and yell, and then you know everyone's like, oh man, he rose he's ready today, you know. So we got we got to pick up our intensity. Um, but that goes back to leadership um, as a player because that's your legacy that you're leaving at Homestead. People won't always meet you as a score or rebound or things or a winner that you're leaving there but the legacy of working hard um, legacy of building teams that's what you want to leave behind to the next generation Um, everyone won't catch you to do other stuff but um, if you can leave a winning mentality of the legacy at Homestead High School that's that's just something that hasn't been done here in a long time Um, we had Michael in last week and it was kind of fun to listen to his pre-game ritual and uh, got to know what his pre-meal was and stuff. Talk talk about a little bit your normal game day, what, what you do after school, what's your game day meal, and how you prepare before and how you recover after. After school, I'm always, um, always we have shoot around, and then we always get, I always get a Subway sandwich. Six-inch ham, cheese, mayo. Very plain. <laughs> what kind of cheese? Provolone. Provolone. <laughs> very simple, very plain. Uh, bag of Doritos, one chocolate chip cookie. It's, it's, very, it's very simple, plain, but it's, it, it works. works. <laughs> um, after that, you know, hang out, get my feet up, get ready to go, go back to the gym about probably about two hours before game time, maybe even a little earlier. Uh, always have to do my shooting routine. We talk about routine. It always has to be the same thing every time. You know, I'm, if I'm getting there at 5, I'm in the gym at 5.30 getting my shots up i'm doing my routine and then once i get done with my routine i'm done in the gym i'm gonna go get my mindset ready i'm gonna go watch jv for a little bit i'm gonna go sit in the locker room read scouting report get, get my mind right just take some time to myself while everyone else is out of the locker room and just focus on the moment stay in the present and get ready for obviously what we're about to do and then obviously after games i'm a big ice bath guy it, it sucks for a while but i'm a big ice <laughs> bath guy it's definitely something that I've started to do a lot more, and I found it very helpful. I'm making it a goal to take care of my body better this year. And so I've definitely – ice baths have been my big recovery thing this year. Nice, nice. nice. That's awesome. I got one more question, uh, and it's going to be, you know, a topic I think that can help a lot of kids. Um, and I mentioned it a little bit. I think mental health is a huge thing that goes on that a lot of people don't talk about, especially men. Um, that we don't talk about enough. And I want to talk about this a little bit because I talked about myself a little bit that goes through it, and I still deal with it. Uh, Mental health is something that um, is a taboo. Nobody talks about it. It's starting to get better um, in this world today that we're starting to open up more about it. Um, How I help my mental health, I do yoga twice a week, and I play basketball three, four days a week. Um, By doing that, I feel lively. I feel good. 
um, it keeps my mind fresh. Um, so I want to talk about that for Tim a little bit, you know, during that COVID of how dark path you went down and how you overcame that and how you risen above that. Because a lot of kids are going through it now that are quiet about it because they don't know how to talk about it to their parents, to their teachers. Um, but now, you know, if they see someone like a Tim talking about it, um, maybe they can reach out to someone they trust. Yeah, I think freshman, sophomore year was bad. It was really bad. It was a lot of anxiety on about certain things, and then anxiety led to a lot of depression and uh, like some dark, some dark past. Um, I remember even sitting in here with Joe, and Joe just telling me like, like this is like this, this is stuff that's happened to me. Like this is yeah. a part of life. This is a part of growing up. And you're gonna be this one percent. There's gonna be these things that happen that you're gonna have to learn to overcome. Mm-hmm. So I think talking to somebody like Joe, who I'm so similar to, mm-hmm. uh, was definitely a unique experience, but. Like there were days, sophomore, freshman year, where I, I wouldn't go to class. Like I was go, I was going. My mom was, she she felt bad for me. She was sad that I was upset and not mm-hmm. doing well, not in the right place. Like I was, I wasn't myself by any means. But I was just going to class so I could play in games. <laughs> like you have to be at class. You have to be in school by second period in order to play. I was getting there right second period. Like I was, I was cutting it close, but I, I was, I was going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think then that led to a lot of. Um, a lot of suicidal stuff. I mean, mm-hmm. I used to have to get my arms wrapped mm-hmm. um, in in games. If you remember that, oh yeah, oh yeah, uh, like self harm. Yeah. A lot of that stuff. Uh, you have I have tape around my around my left wrist all mm-hmm. the time. Sometimes it'd go all the way up my arm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I mean, a com- couple people knew, but not everybody. Yeah. Uh, and it was just surprising to people around me. I remember we we have a team retreat that I went out and addressed the team and kind of told them where I've been because I had to. For two times, I had to end up going to a mental hospital um, mm-hmm. because of where I was, uh, and it was it was a dark place. And I think, obviously, sharing that with the people around you helps them understand a little better where you are, so you don't just so you're not just gone for a week and they don't know what's happening. Right. Um, but I think, obviously, that whole situation and that whole era of my life is something that you're not necessarily proud of but you have to accept and mm-hmm. i think that's what i've gotten a lot better at over the years is you know i'm not going to be ashamed to talk about my struggles and what i've been through and i'm not going to be ashamed to say like oh, i still struggle with anxiety and depression mm-hmm. like it's something that i have my rough days i think there's a lot of stigmatism around it especially yep. men like joe was saying yep. it's like it's it's but you told to shut up and be tough and mm-hmm. i think that was something i tried for a really long time and it clearly didn't work <laughs> um so then i think in order to get better with it finding the right people to talk to finding the people you're similar to and i obviously joe and max came in and he was someone obviously clicked with right away um but then finding the right people like a, finding a therapist i mean people yep. are so down about therapy uh which i i i hate when people say that it's yep. finding like people can have bad experiences with it when i understand and i understand that it takes a while to find the right person but the minute you find the right person, it makes everything so much easier mm-hmm. to just have that person that's there for you and you know that that they're going to listen and they actually do care. And I think that was a big thing for me. It took me so long to find the right person, right. which kept, kept made things up and down. And Joe was always checking in, like, where yep. are we with therapists? Yep. Like, where, how, are we, how are we doing there? And I was like, oh, well, I met this one lady <laughs> and she kind of sucks. Yeah. But yeah. I think finding the right person and finding the click helped. The started the slow rebuild yep 
which was important. And, and that's, that's something that we all go through. We always got to find someone you trust, you know, and therapy is so good for so many people, um, for all of us. If, if you lock everyone in a room and tell them you need therapy, half of the people will say, oh, get the hell out of here. I'm not doing that. But if you actually do it and you find the right person, like Tim is saying, it's such a relief because it's so much that they can get out of you that you don't want to share <laughs> with anyone. And once you kind of get it off your shoulders, you feel better about yourself um, and what you're going through. And you can, after you go through that period, you start to help other people. And I always feel like this is why we're here. We're here to help other people. If you're not helping other people in this world, then why are we here? Um, so that's the message. Through sports, um, we've met this um, incredible young man that has transformed the Mequon community. Um, and with his testimony and with his demeanor and being a 1%, he's setting, he's setting the standard um, to what this community, a basketball community, um, is going to be. You know, from years from now, my boys in particular, they want to be like Tim. He scored 48 um, the other day. The first thing Joseph said was, I'm going to beat that record one day. Um, and, <laughs> and that's just the standard that he's setting here um, that Kia is going to inspire to be. I think one thing that you can probably take out of this whole thing with you, Tim, is get yourself a support system. Yeah. Find yourself a program find yourself a coach that you have a personal relationship with um kind of like what you have with joe and stuff and you know yeah. build on that and make sure your support system around you is strong for sure yeah. and the other part about it is, is it's easier said than done you know yeah. we can say sit here and say like oh go find this person to talk to trust your adults because that's what everyone said to me all the time but it's yeah. it's hard it's yeah. hard to go to those people that view you in a certain way and it's like oh i gotta tell you this and you yeah. might think of me totally different correct so i think Obviously, it's a hard, it's a hard process, um, and it's it's really challenging. And that's the reason that so many people don't get help, and that's the yeah. unfortunate reason why suicide is such a big problem in this country and all over the world. And I think it's it's something that is going to be hard. But even if we look compare it to sports and basketball, nothing nothing worth it is going to be hard. Correct. It's going to be easy. Yep. And I think that's something that's always that's been told to me by my family, by Joe, by coach Kreider, our high school coaches. Like you, you can't keep this to yourself cause that's going to make everything so much worse and you have to continue to push. And I think that was always a big, a big thing for me. And one, once, once he did that, his teammates embraced them more. I mean, I think that was a cool part of, of all of it is when you, you know, open enough to tell people, you know, I, I go, I go through things, you know, they're, they just embraced them more. Like more hugs, Tim hate hugs and shit like that with his team. You know, uh, we used to try to fire him up before the game, like hugging him and shaking his hair and like get, getting him going. Uh, but towards the end of it, you know, everyone embraced each other. Like it was such a cool experience to see one person step out of the box to lead, not just in basketball, but in life. And then everyone followed uh, because everyone goes through stuff he was just the first to say it and then everyone is like yep i'm glad he did that let's embrace let's talk coach can i meet you in the office <laughs> you know so for me that's the cool part of having a program is to get to know the players the families um and there's no better player or person that has come through this program than tim franks that's awesome so Moving forward here, Tim, you're committed, right? Where are you going? I'm going to St. Thomas in St. Paul, Minnesota. Awesome, awesome. Um, the 
the, the pressures and stuff, how are you preparing yourself? You know, I mean, it's not an easy, easy task to be that 1%. You know, as you move forward here, how are you preparing yourself for the future and how you're going to handle all that? And I mean, nothing will change. Uh, it's, it's a bigger step, but that doesn't mean that the process changes by any means. The, the chip will, will stay. Uh, no matter what happens this year in Homestead, like, I promise you, whether we lose first round or we win state, I, like the first the first day after, I'll probably be here with Joe. Yep. The, the process will not change. Uh, it's the same. It's the re, the things that got you here will be the things that carry you through, and I'm a big believer in that. And so I think through work and being better at trusting my work than I have been in the past, and being more confident than I have been in the past, will continue to help me through probably one of the hardest things that I'll do in life, which is college sports. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, nothing will nothing. That ha- that I ha- nothing that I will do isn't something that I haven't done. If that makes sense, like yep. I won't change the way I am. I won't change my work ethic. If anything, I'm excited for have have 24 hour gym access at a college and right. be by myself, <laughs> and uh, I get to just go work on my craft a ton. Um, I think you're. I think you're. The, we say the one percent. I think you're a little more than just <laughs> yeah, that one yeah, percent. For sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah, the point point one percent. Point one percent. I just. There, there will be there. There's reasons I'm here, and that those same reasons will be why I can be successful at the next level. Max, you and I talked a little bit about it, right? It's also it's also got to with the pressure he's under, and you know, being that one percent, you also got to have fun, right? Yeah, totally. And I think that college experience, like the minute you step on campus, like the team you have at Homestead now, you guys get along, you do fishing trips, like you instantly have eighteen like best friends probably for the next 30 years of your life yeah so you'll have, you'll have memories there you'll travel together you'll be on shitty long bus rides together <laughs> playing cards hanging out like it'll be the best time of your life so obviously enjoy it ask questions soak it all in it will be super happy for you cool well hey tim really good stuff we really appreciate everything uh that you brought here and a lot of information that some younger kids can use for sure um, it's been a pleasure uh, meeting you first, face to face. It's the first time I've actually met you, but I have watched you play, and it's it's unbelievable what you. what you what you do. It's truly, truly awesome. So, um, yeah, and you know, like we said before, he he. If there was somebody you can hang a photo of for each kid in CBA to come through to see, he's a camp coach. He he pulls kids to the side already. He coaches in our program. He's does clinics he's he's always here you know willing to help other people and i think if you walk through you know cba and if there is one sign you had to see or photo you had to see of a player person you wanted to be like um it would be tim and i think that's that's the message and this is the reason why you know we want to highlight him as we go forward here in the future we'd love to have you back and talk about you know maybe your first year in college because i have no doubt that it's going to be awesome. So sure. thanks again. Appreciate sure. it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. That our, concludes our show for today. Make sure you like it, share it, CBA podcast. Have a good day. Again, if you or a loved one is struggling with anxiety, depression, mental health, suicidal thoughts, know that there is help out there and you're not alone. Thanks again for listening to the CBA podcast.
shots you made or missed. We want to see you as a person before we get to all of that stuff.